What ho, podcast pals, and thanks for joining us for yet another episode of Discontent Provider, the podcast where an enigmatic figure and his glamorous assistant bedazzle and distract you with a shambolic, rambling stream of third-rate vaudevillian patter before reaching into a top hat and pulling out a rabbit that has recently died horribly of myxomatosis. Not literally, of course, quite aside from the facts that this is an audio medium and that there's absolutely no way I'd want to mess up my trademark tit for with a decomposing bunny, it's by way of being what we in the trade call a metaphor. One that reminds all of us what sort of nastiness we can expect from a species all too often motivated by a disproportionate concern with uh, short-term profits and benefits, which is as you know, kind of our thing, our vibe, if you will. It might also help to uh, render the unsavoury fare with which we uh, uh, present you during these intimate little get-togethers slightly more palatable. Uh, Yes, we are in a world run by and for the benefit of an ungodly shower of the most appalling and self-serving shite hawks, apparently committed to exploring every imaginable stygian depth of inhuman beastliness to increase their power and wealth, but at least we're not all fucked up with a terrible disease that crusts our eyes, shuts down our organs and nervous system, and renders every waking moment an unendurable living hell. At least, not yet we're not. But who knows what the next couple of weeks may hold. Do you know, cats and kittens, I'm starting to wonder if this idea of doing an episode on Mondays is altogether wise. There's something about Mondays that makes it a mite difficult to adopt a jaunty and or sanguine attitude. Say what you will about Garfield, but he absolutely got that bang to rights, did he not? Having said that, our week begins, at least here, in our not even vaguely United Kingdom, with a story from which we can, without too much difficulty, or turning it upside down and squinting at it from precisely the right angle, elicit something not wholly dissimilar to a quality that bears a marked resemblance to a glimmer of positivity. I'm talking about Justice Secretary Alex Chalk's revolutionary, game-changing, far-reaching, top-down reform of criminal sentencing. Now, it may surprise you, as it surprised me, that a government that has been in power for 13 years and brags constantly about what a rip-roaring success it's all been, despite having more line-up changes than the fall... Why it needs so many revolutionary, game-changing, far-reaching, top-down reforms in major departments. But there it is. Perhaps last week's news that prisons were becoming so overcrowded that uh, there wasn't enough room to accommodate all the nation's sex offenders. One might have thought that decades of studies, testimony from screws and lags alike, etc., that this was on the cards... uh, and, and should have led to steps being taken to deal with the matter sooner. But then again, there aren't many votes, certainly not many Tory votes, in pandering to the ungrateful snivelling of convicts, and a bit of overcrowding is probably a good way of teaching them a lesson. Nevertheless, as of last week, this long-standing problem became a matter of urgency. Something had to be done about all these degenerates, rapists and psychopaths, and given that Parliament only has 650 seats, and that even the most depraved nonces have some standards, uh, making them all MPs simply wasn't a viable option. Instead, 
Mr Hall and the top brass of the DOJ have hit upon the wheeze of cutting back on custodial sentences for low-level non-violent offenders, thus freeing up space in our felon-clogged hooskows and uh, letting shoplifters, people who haven't paid for their TV licences and anybody publicly suggesting that the Israeli government's conduct might not be entirely analogous to cricket can pay off their debt to society via community service. Obviously, it's a whit galling to see Chalk and Chums taking credit for a remedy that many had been putting forth as a practical, constructive and cost-effective method of dealing with petty crime since before old Arkham here was a puplet. But I think we can let that one slide, can we not? It's not like the poor blighters in the Cabinet honest, uh, Office have got had much to boast about of late. After all, at least we can let it slide. Right-thinking cats and kittens like us, I mean. Others are already giving the government no end of stick, accusing them of pampering thugs, becoming mealy-mouthed do-gooders, and turning the once indomitable Conservative Party into some sort of Labour light. These are the sort of reactionary dingbats who described, and I'm honestly not making this up, Boris Johnson as a Marxist. The sort of vocal right-wing fringe that are targeted by the Reform Reclaim UKIP axis and regurgitate Reform's Richard Tice's term consocialists whenever an opportunity to do so arises. Oh, brilliant stuff on Mr Tice's part, though. You've got to hand it to him, haven't you? Consocialists. You see, instead of conservative, because they're too left-wing for him. Yeah, I bet he made it all up by himself as well. Presumably, it was in order to propitiate these frothing bods that Mr H added the little wrinkle of proposing that foreign criminals should be deported to their, uh, serve their sentence in their country of origin. Well, certainly with uh, imported malefactors making up only 12% of the prison population, according to the DOJ's website, the impact on overcrowding won't be frightfully immense. Uh, but does that really matter, especially when you consider that to a certain sector of the public, the world deportation alone will always be electoral Viagra and might yet reassure them that the Tories are still the party of law and order and traditional values. Traditional values means in this case, of course, that police, prisons and other apparatus of the state's retribution are intended exclusively for other people. Inner city vermin, dolies, darkies and such like, and should not, absolutely not, not never, have the gall to bother a chappie who might have slightly overdone it on the sherry before driving home, because, you know, it was only a couple of little glasses, they pay your wages, officer, and that kiddie on the bike really ought to have been more careful. And let them rejoice in the armour of their privilege and respectability. Because, dash it all, the system really does work, do it not? We've seen that only today as a parliamentary inquiry revealed that Peter Bone, the Tory MP for Wellingborough, where I was born incidentally, conducted a campaign of bullying, abuse and sexually inappropriate behaviour towards a member of his staff. A six-week suspension and likely by-election are the consequences he'll be facing, a fate very different from those committing the same acts without the protective aegis of parliamentary status. I mean to say, you try trapping somebody in a hotel room and getting your meaty business out and see what happens to you, podcast pals. Well, well no, d don't try that, obviously, but I think the point I'm making is clear. 
And with that, and with a certain pride that I managed to retain discontent providers' unsolid status as a highbrow product without making any gags about involving the word bone or bringing in the similarly disgraced Chris Pincher, I think we'll leave it there for today. Mind you, in retrospect, I'm not sure that by conjuring up the image of an horrifically sick rabbit, I entirely softened the blow of making you picture an elderly Tory with his dick out. But I did my best, cats and kittens. I did my best.